0: Oh, I am pumped up. Anytime God does this, I get excited because I don't quite know what he's going to do, but I know he's trying to do something. And and anytime he interrupts the plan, it's on purpose. That's what we celebrated last week in Easter. God interrupting the enemy's plan. <laughs> and, and and today, um, I just thought it was funny that right after I got off platform last week, I told Charles, I was like, yo, bro, we, we, we switching it up. I wanna move on, but God ain't done yet. He wants us to be the ministers in our house. And, and I'm, I'm excited about what God has shared with me, but I gotta, I gotta tell Transformation Nation how proud I am of you real quick. Do y'all know last week because of your faithfulness, because of you inviting people, because of you being the minister right where you are with your family and your friends and your sphere of influence and on FaceTime and Facebook and all that other stuff, because of that, Last week's viewing live, we saw 122,660 unique devices. Y'all, those were different devices. Y'all better put some praise hands in the comments right now. Do y'all understand that this building could not have held The move of God that he wanted to do last week. We would have had to have services every hour for three weeks to fit the people in this room. But God is not confined to a building. Ah! He's not confined to our ideas, but he's trying to do something. Everybody say more than what we could imagine. And because of that, all of those hundreds of thousands of people, this is the number that really matters. We saw 1,676 people transformed in Christ. Oh, come on! I dare you to clap your hands! That's our win! That's why we exist. And I want to say what's up to everybody who gave their life to Christ last week and you back this week. I love you. You're our family. We're so proud of you. We believe that the best days of your life are right in front of you. And if you walk this journey with us, it won't be a perfect one, but it will be a progressing one. And we know God has a huge plan for your life. Y'all, this is the church and the church is alive. These numbers honestly made me super excited and super scared because anytime we talked about it, that anytime there's an upgrade, there's an upgrade in responsibility too. Anytime there's a promotion, <laughs> everything has to change with it. And so the Holy Spirit, he, he said, Michael, that's why you need one more week of who's the minister here. Because if I'm going to trust you with the influence of hundreds of thousands and I'm going to entrust you to be the one that leads thousands of people back to me. I need you to not just make this call to be the minister, to be something you do seasonally. It can't be around Easter and Christmas and when it's convenient. This has to be a a new way of living. I don't invite because last week was Easter. I don't tell people about the gospel. I don't share it when it's convenient. I need you to be the minister everywhere you are, everywhere you go. And it took me to Acts 2 42. And I want you to go there. If anybody want to know, has he started his message? Yes, yet. Yes, I have right here. Acts 2:42. I-, I-, I want you to see that this parallel of how the church started is kind of where the church is right now. It says all the believers devoted themselves. Come on, write that down in the comments. Say devoted themselves. I like that. I'm about to talk about that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, what we're doing right now, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, and to prayer. Those four things. They devoted themselves to teaching, fellowship together, sharing in meals, and to prayer. And guess what happened after the church did that? A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. I'm telling you, this is the season of miracles. Things that you thought couldn't happen are about to start happening in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a dry season. God says, I'm the God that brings water out of rocks. Somebody needs to believe that right now. I'm the God that does things and makes ways when there is no way. They started performing miracles and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes, that's where we all are right now, for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, everybody say each day, each day, the Lord added to their fellowship Those who were being saved I got stuck on the first part of that verse because all of it is amazing But but if we're going to actually see us being the ministers in our area of influence in government in education in the music industry in Hollywood in every area that we already are there's something that he said that all of them did it said right there in verse um, 42 it says all the believers devoted themselves and that's what I want to talk about today. Um, in the last installment of who's the minister here, and I may start this series back up sometime because I, I love equipping you to not not need me. I love equipping you to be the one who has the answer, to go to God in prayer, to be able to touch with somebody else that is sanitized and be able to pray for them and see deliverance come. I want you to be equipped to be everything that God has called you to be. And right there, when I started thinking about that word to devoted themselves, devoted themselves. I started thinking about sports and let's be honest, um, I miss sports, okay? And I don't know if you miss sports, but I miss sports a whole bunch. No basketball, no football, no college sports, no March Madness. And some of y'all are like, yes, I am so glad that I don't even have to watch no sports right now. But for the rest of us, we're stressed. And um, the one thing that I thought about with sports is that sports takes a, another level of devotion like to actually play the sport you have to be super devoted to eating right and working out and doing all this other stuff but then i said there's another level of devotion that may be on par with what the athletes do and might be even a little more extreme and that's the devotion of the fans like have you ever seen fans that were devoted today team? Some of y'all sitting next to them right now. Some of y'all is so quiet in church, but let your team play. Let, let, let somebody that wears your college alma mater colors on. You would be going crazy. You're devoted to it. And I started to think about the, the, the cowboys of the 90s. I started to think about the Lakers in the 2000s. I started to think about um, the Red Sox in 2004, the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016, the Bulls in the 90s. Like, I started to think about all of that stuff, and I started to think about, there was something that all of these teams had in common. They had in their winning season, an influx of people who became fans. And in the They had tons of fans that they never knew were fans before they started winning But when they started losing they all had the same thing too They lost all the people who were there for the winning season and they were left with the devoted They were left with the people who were going to cheer, that were going to buy tickets, that were gonna participate, whether we were winning and on top of the world or we were losing and in a rebuilding season. And I I begin to think about how it must feel as a player to come in one year and be cheered on by everybody and then come in the next year and your fans wearing paper bags on on their heads. Like, and I begin to think about like, Is that how God feels? In the midst of a pandemic where Christianity is winning right now? Uh Uh-oh. See, there's a difference between the devoted and the bandwagon. And that's what I want to title. Uh-oh, I'm coming for you today. I want to title my message today, Bandwagon Believers. Because I think there is an epidemic that's happening simultaneously to the pandemic that's happening that 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 literally Christianity and God is convenient right now, and so right now christianity's winning Christianity is cool it's socially accepted all the people that are thinking of, of, of other things now culture is saying, "Oh yes, we love faith and 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 don't be too loud about it but Kanye's a Christian, and we have top clothing brands that literally say fear of God. Christianity is convenient right now. It's winning right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of bandwagon believers here right now. Now I'm not talking to anybody that just gave their life to Christ yesterday. Welcome. We're so proud of you. We are, we know that God has a plan for you, but there's some people watching that maybe next to you are watching on a different stream in the house next door. And they've been a Christian for five years and they have not stepped out of the convenience of Christianity yet. Oh, Huh? They, 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 they like the bandwagon. They love celebrating. They love cheering for it. But when it's not convenient, my question is, will you be anywhere around? Come on. Come on. When they open up the states, when your job calls you back, when you get more money than you've ever had, will you still be? and my fear is that because Christianity, I'm passionate about this, because Christianity is convenient at this moment, it helps me be able to go to sleep. I can do my scriptures and it's able, it's a sedative and not a lifestyle. It is something that is something that you drug yourself with. You're talking about people who drink to go to sleep, but you read scriptures to go to sleep. It's just something that helps you at this moment that is convenient in this time. But God says, will you be around when there is persecution for what you believe? Will you be around when your baby daddy don't want to have nothing to do with you because you want to pray now? Will you be around when your family turns their back on you because you stepped out on faith? Today, I need to talk to all the bandwagon believers. And the reason I can speak to this is because I used to be one. Oh, I'm not ever coming at nobody for something that God has not already whooped my butt for Because it is very easy to be around the things of God and not be in the things of God It is very easy to play on the uh, in the band to, To give your little money to go to church on Sundays to do all of those things That's what all the fans do When they're in a winning season They pay their tithes and offerings too That's ticket prices they, they wear the jersey. Oh, I'm repping my team. <laughs> they cheer when, 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 when the people are performing and playing. And But when everybody leaves, yeah, when it's been 42 years for a championship, Chicago Cubs, when, 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 when it looks like all the star players are at another, <laughs> another team, will you be a devoted disciple and that's my challenge to you today is I want you I know it's straight I know it's right here I know it's but this last week I got a lot to say and a little bit of time and so I got to go straight forward my, my thing today is I'm presenting you with a choice I'm presenting you with a choice of convenience or commitment Those are the choices. And this is the same choice that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. That's why the whole thing was, hey, I'm giving you the opportunity to stay in Eden, paradise, for the rest of your life. And I want you to be committed to obeying me, to walking with me, to living with me, everything provided. Or do you want what's convenient? The one tree that's close to you in the middle of the garden, when you listen to the deception of the enemy, because it looks better for you at the time, you gave up the commitment of God for the convenience of a bite of fruit and my question is are we giving up the commitment that we could have to be good husbands and 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 loving fathers and and have families and businesses that are integrous and honor God and make a difference in our community for a couple of Instagram followers are we giving up the commitment of being devoted to the Word of God for the convenience of being accepted by men. And today, I want to challenge you. Ooh, I'm challenging everybody right now because I have been challenged and God said to me Michael. It's not just being a bandwagon in sports There are people that are bandwagon in music You know those people who ain't never listened to some type of music and then it becomes popular I'm like yeah I've been listening to this you are a liar You ain't been listening to this and some people who who? um There's a, a certain dress or a certain type of clothes or a brand that becomes popular How many times has Tommy Hilfiger become popular and then gone down and become popular and then gone down and become popular? And and become popular? It's because People jump on the bandwagon. They see something that used to be cool and then they try to be the first one to do it. And then people who wasn't even checking for it in a different season, they come back and they're doing it. And God's saying that can apply to everything else. But there is a problem when you apply being a bandwagon to your faith. Because the problem with that is if you're a bandwagon believer, there's a heart issue. Okay, and I wanna talk about it so that we can be very clear. (laughs) Because God doesn't want bandwagon believers. He wants devoted disciples. And let me help you with the heart issue. The heart of a bandwagon believer is convenience, but the heart of a devoted disciple is commitment. I've said it over and over, but I want you to get it in a point right there. And that's the thing that you need to understand that that when you devote to something, it's just what it says. You devote you take your vote away let me help you when i told natalie that i was going to be committed to her i devoted my life to her that means that i took away the vote am i going to love her when she makes me mad and doesn't doesn't get me the sauces that I want when we go to Chick-fil-A, because that makes me mad. I just want to be honest with you. When she does not get me enough Chick-fil-A sauces and sriracha sauces when we go to Chick-fil-A, I'd be ready to let her have it. But in that moment of real emotions, I have D voted. It does not matter what pretty face or pretty waist comes by when they come by I'd say Natalie isn't that good? That's God's creation, but I have devoted. They won't get any of my time They won't get any of my attention. They won't get why because when I made a decision I devoted myself to her ah! and Somebody needs to see this that you have been so committed to convenience that you have not committed to anything and God's saying to you today, your next level, your next level up, your next re-up is going to take you being devoted. voted Somebody needs to take your vote away right now. You need to make a decision that for God I live and for God I die. And no matter what happens, I'm devoted. Somebody needs to put that in the comments. I don't got to vote no more. When I decided for Jesus, when I decided to be faithful to this marriage, when I decided to have these kids, I was de Voting myself to it The problem is everybody wants a vote And our vote is usually informed by our feelings and that's where we get in trouble Because God's saying I need you to make a decision that outlasts how you feel I need you to make a decision that outlasts the circumstances and I think that in this moment right now I'm calling for the ministers to be devoted i hate working out let me let me be very clear with you i hate it but i made a decision last year when i saw Myself on the crazy faith the first week of crazy faith. I'm sitting there in a big pink. Holy Spirit hoodie I look like a a, a piece of candy or something just round. y'all can go back and watch it 1.5 million of y'all have watched it I was like Lord and then why did they all watch that one? That was the heaviest I ever weighed in my whole life I was 256 pounds and at that moment I said "You will not be act like this ever again. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that to anybody else. This was just my conviction. I felt bad. I was slow in what I was doing. I was not my sharpest. And I was delaying my purpose because of my preference at the time. See, because my preference was coming home and eating um, ice cream every night. My preference was going to the fast food restaurant and getting all the sauces and doing my thing And my preference. And at that moment, I had to make a decision that I was going to become devoted to working out. And what happens is I want to tell you something. Every time, every morning I get up, I do not want to work out. Every single one, I don't want to work out. But I made a decision in a different season that my feelings have to submit to. Every time I come in contact with what I don't want to do and some of us have not made that decision I I need to package it because when you devote I need you to write this down your present preference Submits to your predetermined Decision i'ma say it one more time when you devote when you take your vote away when you stop consulting your opinion and Consult what you've already decided You present you your present preference submits to your predetermined decision. That's so, good. so why do I get up and read the word every morning? Not because I'm holy and I want to. It's because when I decided that I was going to follow God, the Bible says, seek me and, I, and you will find me. And so where I have to seek him at is in his presence. And how do I do that? I get in his Bible and I pray. And what happens is when I have become devoted every morning, I wake up and I'm like, I, I just want to go to sleep. But every time I turn over, I said, you know, I cannot let my predetermined I have to let my predetermined decision outweigh my preference right now. And I'm asking, how much in your life is suffering right now is because you're not devoted? No, I'm like, for real, I'm coming to ask you right now, me and you talking, nobody else. How bad is your marriage right now because you're not devoted to it? How bad is your health right now is because you're not devoted how how much better could your relationships be if you became devoted and I thought that that as we come off of the most impactful Easter we've ever had in church history that I would be a pastor today I don't like doing this like I don't want to do this but I got to because I'm devoted to what God has called me to do. He's called me to equip you that you don't just come and be a fan, a casual fan of what's happening and you be a bandwagon. He said, I want you to raise up some people who are devoted disciples, that even if the world shuts down the internet, you would still grow in your faith because you don't need Pastor Mike. Y'all didn't hear me. You don't need Pastor Mike. I'm just here to equip you and encourage you. But if worse came to worse and the signal went down and I was shut out from everybody, give me Jesus. Give me my Bible. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will not be a bandwagon believer, but I'm a devoted disciple. And the reason why this is plaguing me so bad is because I'm fearful that when we come out of this pandemic, everything goes back to normal. Like my fear is that people are going to start striving and working so hard to prove that there's something that God's already called them. Like he already proved your value and you thought your value was in finances and he was like, when you didn't have any money coming in, I called you valuable and people are going to go back. To putting their faith in things that are winning at the time do you, you realize what I'm saying bandwagging believers it doesn't have to be about faith they just jump to whatever's winning at the time so if your relationship is winning at the time you believe in that if your marriage is winning at the time you believe in that if your church is winning at the time you believe in that if your stocks are be- winning at the time you believe in that and God's saying I need you to make a decision that it doesn't matter if it's winning or losing you will be, everybody shout at me, devoted. Come on, somebody shout at me. I will be devoted. Oh. And the problem with, 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 with convenience is convenience always conforms. So anytime that we always are trying to do what's convenient, it always conforms to how culture is feeling. It conforms to comfort. It conforms to all these things. But the only reason that's wrong is because Romans 12, 2 tells us to do the exact opposite. And I want you to see this. That's literally the reason why we have the name Transformation Church is found in this scripture right here. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing will for your life. So we cannot conform to convenience, to jumping on bandwagons of things when it's winning. We have to to become devoted and be transformed and that's easier said than done cuz all of us let's be real all of us love whatever's convenient <laughs> i i love being able to order food and not leave the house and it comes to the door <laughs> i love that but the real good meals the real healthy meals the meals that you think about and talk about it takes somebody in the kitchen that's devoted it takes somebody that's going to go get the real ingredients, that's going to cut everything up, that's going to let it marinate together, that's going to put it in the oven and then bring it out and fan it and taste it and see if it's good and then put it back in the up. Like real meals have people that are in the kitchen that are devoted. And God's saying is, I want your life not to be half-baked. I want your purpose not to be half-baked. I don't want you to stay in this place of convenience. Oh, it's mashed potatoes that I put in the microwave for three minutes and 68 seconds, and somehow this hard thing became a nice, hearty meal. No, somebody's going to have to peel some potatoes. And it takes more. And it does not get the praise that others want it to have. But that's the difference that God is calling every minister to right now. He says, I want you to be devoted. And and I found an example of this that maybe some of you will be able to relate to in the Bible in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And and it's a story about the rich young ruler. It says, some one came to Jesus with this question. He was a bandwagon fan of Jesus. He followed him. He knew who he was. He was excited. He was like, Jesus, teacher, what good deeds must I do to have eternal life? He studied. Um, why ask me about, why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. He said there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He asked. And Jesus replied, You must not murder. Don't kill nobody. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hey got that I've obeyed all of these commands put me in coach the young man replied what else must I do cuz I'm ready I'm ready to be on your team I'm ready to follow you I'm ready to wear the jersey he said um if you want to be perfect which lets us know that God, Jesus was testing him because Jesus doesn't even believe in perfection. He is perfection. He only believes in progression. But this young man thought he had to be perfect to walk with Jesus. And for everybody that is here and you think you gotta be perfect to walk with Jesus, that is not the truth at all. God, it just requires that you make another step beyond where you are today. And so that's how we know he was testing this young man. He said, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven then come follow me but this is where it switched he's about to go from being a bandwagon fan who thought he was devoted he thought he was devoted but he's about to prove he was a bandwagon fan he said I I ask of something from you I ask you for a sacrifice when the young man heard this he went away sad for he had many possessions I can just picture it right here Jesus is like yo Bet I want you to be a part of this because you devoted you down go sell everything you got and follow me And he was like for no now everything Like you want me to sell it All right, I'll be back And and in my mind that man ran away and he ran further and we never hear about that young man coming back That's funny to me I just saw him like running and running at speeds that anyway um, He ran away and he never comes back and we never hear about this young man again. Why? It's because at the moment That it's not convenient To be devoted he went back to being a bandwagon fan a bandwagon believer And he walked away because watch this he thought that being devoted to Jesus somehow took away from his value. He just told him to sell his possessions. And he thought, possessions, Jesus. (laughs) My friends and family who think I'm great, Jesus. That business that's doing really well, but I have to compromise to stay ahead of the game, Jesus. And this is the problem that many of us have is we think somehow being devoted to Jesus will lessen our value.